Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. What a yeah. amazing start to the Formula One season. Really great race, guys. Yeah, just what we wanted. Was that? that was just what we wanted. Valtteri Botas. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly, he's his wife, the Olympic swimmer, has definitely had him had him on her tra- training regime. I think she's had him in the rivers in, in the Finland. Pool. In yeah. the rivers, hopefully in the pool. <laughs> but <laughs> a stunning performance, stunning performance. And yeah, really? that last lap, I yeah. mean, he was he was a half a second quicker than anybody on that last lap. And the margin of victory and the fastest lap. So he's twenty six points for today. Yeah, I, and and I'm not getting it. I understand that the whole fastest point got to be in the top ten because you wouldn't drop out of the points to try to go for the last lap. You heard Valtteri say, "Hey, we've got you know we could actually stop, do a pit stop, and still go for fastest lap." And they were like, "No, that's." A a little risky, but he was that confident. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he was in there. All right, well, I'm going to give out the phone number in case anybody wants to join the show. 512-643-LIVE. 512-643-5483. Give us a call. Tell, you, tell us what you thought about the race. But yeah, guys, dominant, dominant race by Valtteri Bottas. You've and, been talking about him a lot, Jonathan. Like, I think, th- I it's think now my or race never pre- kind of thing? It, or? My race prediction, was it not? Well, that's true. Yeah, you, well, here's the story. You called it, buddy. After last year, he was written off. And I remember saying at the end of our because it was a rotten year that, yeah. that he's got to go back home just as Vettel needed to do and rethink this because I know he's got the talent and he showed you know uh, at times he has but he just had a rotten year now the reason that also everybody's talking about it is Ocon is sitting there next to Toto Wolf and a lot of predictions oh, including yeah. BBC Five Live they were omitting saying that before the season started that and, and, and if you notice so too did Lee Diffie saying hey give somebody a chance now or never so he he is starting. I'm not saying he's going to have the season like this, but what a great way to start. An emphatic start, an emphatic win. His confidence will be sky high now. Well, if you recall last year, remember he was, I would, I criticized him, I remember specifically, after being kind of soft, letting a couple of passes happen and people pass him and not being aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, he was, he, he was aggressive to get around Hamilton and then just had the right, you know, he just, he had the right car to, to keep the race. But man, it was dominant, really amazing. And what about Hamilton? Uh, yeah, Les, what do you think? Uh, what about him? <laughs> well, <I'm> just, uh, <laughs> I, I was surprised. He was struggling. He was not keeping pace with, with Botas at 1.22 seconds yeah, I know. to the rears. And uh, that's huge. That's a giant lead in anybody's race, much less against your teammate and Hamilton as, as your teammate. I just got a question. What, uh, what wasn't working on Hamilton's situation today? I don't know. Um, uh, and I really don't know. He was compla- he, he had a couple of strange radio kind of complaints. He he said uh, way before he pitted that he didn't 
uh, that he didn't think he, the the tires could last. Um, uh, and then they he also said, "Why did you pit me early?" Because Valtteri obviously stayed out for what uh, what it, over it, ten laps more. Yeah, than, quite a bit. But uh, and and they gave the briefest response to that. It sounded to, like to really cover it off was the Ferraris. To, uh, yeah, it was to uh, run blockade for the Ferraris and uh, yeah. keep the pace. Well, and in fact, under in that, control. In, yeah, and in that respect, Mercedes did it perfectly because they held. They put Hamilton out in early. He got out ahead of the Ferraris to cover up, cover them off. Exactly. Uh, so I guess what uh, Hamilton was saying is, uh, you know, you made this a race for Bottas because they held him back and still got him out ahead of Leclerc, which was the real worry was that if he came in at the same time as Hamilton, he would come back out and he would be dead behind Leclerc, which gives Ferrari a chance to kind of stop him. And I, as I said before, you know, Australia's hard to overtake. And if you get behind somebody, as we saw with Giovinazzi, as well, oh, several examples, aren't there? Norris trying to get past and the rest of it. It's really hard to pass. So strategy in the pits is key. Well, yeah. I mean, to be quite honest, I, I'm really happy to see Valtteri up there, but I'm a little uh, little wondering if, you know, certainly there were some team orders, uh, if nothing else, through strategy that favored him over Lewis, but... Uh, but that seems odd, doesn't it? it I mean... Exactly. It, it, it's <laughs> hmm, it's, it's kind of curious the way... I'm curious the way it played out. Um, let's wait a couple more races say, and yeah. we'll really yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you heard Lewis in his interview uh, with Martin Brundle at the end there saying, you know, he does, can you put your finger on what was the lock, loss of performance? He goes, yeah, I think I can, but I want to talk to my engineers. And I think, obviously, you know, hey, listen, it, uh, the, the truth is, it's Mercedes as a team, but the two engineers and the two drivers go in their own direction. They, Separate they, garages. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, hey, I think bottom line is, if read between the lines, he was beaten from the start and he never looked back and he was in the zone. I mean, that was Tiger Woods at his finest type. Yeah. I mean, he even said, he said, that's the best race of my life and I don't know what just happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, you know, just, you know, Mercedes won two again. We're used to seeing that. Reverse the order though. Uh, Max, third place. That was uh, that was a good showing for him. It's not yeah, just what? a good showing for him, it's a good showing for Honda, guys. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the story. That that, is, that's uh, a huge story. Massive. Oh, yeah, it's it's been quite a while. Well, what? First, first podium for Honda since 2008 back Back with who? Uh, Jensen Button, probably. Yeah. yeah, back in yeah, back in the BAR days. Oh, so there wow. you go. That's wow. huge. It is huge. And 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 I was just reading up um, two years ago, so less than two seasons ago, McLaren had scored zero points with that Honda engine. Wow. Yeah. And were at the bottom of the constructors' championship. Huh. All righty. So flashing back to last year, or even if you watched the uh, F1 documentary on Netflix, you got to look and see where Red Bull compares to McLaren. McLaren Renault, and uh, there's quite a span. Lando Norris was the McLaren driver in 12th with that Renault. Yeah, and and that's a fantastic result for McLaren and for Norris in his debut race in Formula One, just outside the points. A really good vaunt forward, yeah. A surprise finish, I think, is uh, Jonathan, I think you're going to win that, even though my Pierre Gasly was one spot ahead of Lando. Are we giving the extra one point? (laughs) What, for long shot? Yeah. My long shot was Norris, but that was long. Yeah, no, that was he, for the win. So yeah, I won the winner one. Yeah, you you, you predicted right, the winner. You called the winner. Got it. Uh, looking back through Charles Leclerc, so happy to see him right behind Vettel. Yeah. Quote of the day for me: Daniel Ricciardo just said to the BBC, "Gutted for sure." In fact, literally, I hit a gutter. 
<laughs> yeah. God, that was crazy, wasn't it? When he, you, you know, know, you don't see that that on the main straight like that. I tell you what, that won't be there next year. Yeah, you don't. So <laughs> oh, exactly. If, if you didn't see it, if you didn't see the replay or whatever, he went wide and went in the grass a little bit right at the very start of the race and hit this gutter or whatever, and it'll be a drain system underneath. Yeah, yeah, and exploded literally the front of his car yeah. and broke it underneath. To, yeah. to be to be fair, that doesn't surprise me. I know that turn one, and it has been waterlogged. The i.e. that that front straight um, can get waterlogged very quickly and I bet you that is actually a drain that yeah, right there it won't be there next year it might not be there next week because <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, that that was a violent I mean he's lucky he didn't lose it completely I'll tell you right what there. he startled well, the honey badger just 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 below it I'll tell you uh, <laughs> my thoughts are as abrupt as that was uh, hitting a, a you know a gutter that's moving at zero miles per hour hitting that and it launching him could have been a back injury yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it could have been a catastrophe if it had gone straight on until tomorrow at turn one. Yeah. All right. Well, hey guys, we got a caller. We got George from Virginia. George, welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey guys. Good morning. Uh, morning. Good morning. Thanks, Thanks for staying up late with us. Happy St. Yeah. Patty's Day too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, first time, long time. Been trying to call in. So glad I can start the season off right. Hey. Um, good deal. A couple. A couple of things. I think one. This race marks sort of a, a turning point with a lot of youth. But I'm going to concentrate more on the back of the grid. Um, it's really disappointing to see. Williams literally oh, yeah. being a moving chicane. I mean, that's, it, it, it brought up minority without feel good. I mean, this was just plain sad. Yeah. And did you honest. notice the times that uh, sadly Kubica was doing? I mean, his fastest lap was uh, 130.5. That's five seconds slower than uh, wow. Botas. Isn't there a rule that you have to qualify within, I mean... 107? It, yeah, no, he, he was within the... For qualifying, he was within the 107, but his lap times during the race were, you know, nowhere. And, uh, and another thing is Hoff. Hoff has some internal problems they got to clean. I don't know if they're... I mean, this is a harsh word I'm about to use, but are they sabotaging Grosjean or there's just some bugs that they haven't figured out? I have not remember seeing F1 pit crews make so many mistakes. I can see a lug nut here and there, but they're just making some things I thought they would have cleaned up. Uh, I mean, yeah, and, and the, straight DNF in, in Australia, they got to they got to go in and kind of, they got to move people around or something. Well, um, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the Netflix, uh, the the Netflix uh, documentary, but of course they they made a big deal of that last year, and I almost think it was the same damn tire. I mean, I mean, it couldn't if it wasn't for bad luck, he wouldn't have any. One theory is it is that they've got American lug nut wheel turns, and they're down in Australia, so they're going the wrong way. <laughs> Well, okay. I'm, I'm trying to put some levity into it, George. Is, there's no, nothing. It's, George, it's just a terrible story. Yeah. Hey, okay, you're make, right. I'm gonna make a bet. I'm gonna make a bet with you guys. Uh-uh. The first driver let go this season is gonna be Grosjean. Oh, Ooh. And you know what? I kind of. I'm not gonna say that's a terrible prediction. I was kind of thinking that earlier because you know it, it's such a confidence striker too. You know, he's coming in and and uh, I wouldn't be surprised, George. And my last comment, I know uh, I don't know how many people are. I don't know why the media, the F1 media, floats these balloons out in regard to, you know, we heard over oh, Renault, Renault's going to make big leap, or Ferrari, you know, through the front wing has a second and a half on Mercedes. Either they blowing wind up our, you know, what's, or <laughs> some of these teams are just underperforming, because the, the te from testing to Melbourne, all that stuff went out the window. Yeah, and you know what? I I I'll put my hand up. I was an F1 journalist and reporter, and the truth is, we know nothing. 
Um, <laughs> because the teams don't tell us anything. So yeah, you're right. Journalists and the media come up with radical ideas and basically take a, a few bits of uh, testing information and go, oh, well, you know, Ferrari are going to, you know, this they're going to stroll through Australia. Yeah. They've got this. But of course, no one really knows. Uh, and they're changing the car literally overnight from Thursday onwards because of modern technology and cloud technology. So Mercedes are working around the clock to get what they got onto the grid. And it proved brilliant today. I mean, here's the fact you want to remember. Botas, yeah, we'll all celebrate that with him. He and Hamilton were 33 seconds up the road than the two red cars. And that, that's mm. the big, that's the truth of where everybody is. Because you don't hold back in a race. Oh, one quick question. Is Williams, I'm hearing parts weren't ready. They didn't make the first test. Ready. Yeah, they were late in Barcelona. Is this a money issue? Is this a leadership issue? Is this, because it, Frank, Sir Frank is royalty. This is sad. It is very yeah. sad to see. And you know what, George? You're absolutely right. It's both. They have not got anywhere near the budget. Uh, they always struggled in this department. It's a strange thing, but Williams have always struggled. Uh, even when they're at the top of their game, they, they always struggled. Um, they don't pay their drivers a lot. They've had pay drivers like Maldonado and a few others. But the truth is, uh, they've got a leadership problem. Claire Williams, I think, is doing as good a job as she can do, but she's not a technical director. Paddy Lowe is meant to be ruddering the ship, and he's on a leave of absence and was basically blamed for the fact that the car wasn't ready in time for the first test. Once you don't go to the first test, you're on the back foot, and you're right, they hadn't got parts ready and so on and so forth. So, yeah, Paddy Lowe, their leader, uh, and supposedly the most experienced guy there, uh, is not there. And so, yeah, frankly, they are at sixes and seven, Williams are. And if you've ever, you know, like you say, you know your history with Frank Williams. It's such a sad thing to see. I've been in the museum at Williams and seen all their fantastic cars and their world championships. When they were with Renault, they couldn't be stopped. Um, and they were, you know, in the early 90s, the greatest team there was. And now, sadly, it's it's not, it's awful to watch, actually. All right, thank you, Jim, gentlemen. I'm going to hang up and just enjoy the rest of the show. All right, thanks. Hey, thanks, oh, George. Tune in anytime. All righty, George. Yeah. Yeah, man. Good guy. He, Great insight. Yeah, but it's it's true. It's sad with Williams right yeah. now. It's just, it's really incredibly. And he knows. I mean, he, he was like, you know, the legacy of Frank Williams. That's exactly it. And I, I feel the pain because, yeah, he's obviously been following Formula One for a long time because people coming new to, to Formula One wouldn't wouldn't think too much of it. But when I was, God, when I started in Formula One, I mean, Williams, I mean, that was, oh, yeah, wow. They, they were all over. And and by the way, it was Nigel Mansell. It was Alan Prost. It was a Damon Hill. It was David Coulthard. I mean, these were the, these were the top guys. Okay, so now you're in charge. Do you dare tell Claire to step aside? I actually do. Um, I actually think it's worth it's worth a powwow with Dad and the family to say what is the best thing. And I think that's Frank's call and it's Claire's call. Or the alternative is you bring in a Zach Brown type figure, as yeah. McLaren did, and he runs the team. She's still the she's still the you know she's still the president of Williams. I, I think she does a great job, but but I don't think she's ever been. She's not a she's not. You know, she's not a, 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 a Ross Braun or a, you know what I mean? She's not a team leader. Paddy Lowe is the guy meant to be running the, the race team. All right, guys, we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas, back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. 
Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey there, people. It's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas does it ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Talk 1370. Hello, I'm Felipe Massa, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. Big day for Brazilians. For Felipe. Felipe Nassa and Phil, um, Pippo Durrani won the Sebring. Oh, that's right. That's awesome. Nice. Brasilia. Yeah, I was watching our local boys, uh, more speed, and their car went out. Yeah, that. Yeah. Broken axle. Don't say suspension. Something to that effect. Don't say suspension. Well, yeah, we kind of know one of the suspension I have a vested interest. My son, there. Is, my son is a mechanic on that team. Imps and- a <laughs> mechanic. How's, how I know. Cool isn't is that, that crazy to say? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, All right. Hey, if you want to join the conversation, 512-643-LIVE, 512 Five four eight three, and we now have Michael on the phone from California. Hey, Michael, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you for uh, an invite back. Uh, I had a question about DRS, and that is, if I'm if I'm saying it right, that's the uh, the flap on the rear wing that opens and yep. closes. Is that right? Correct. Yes, yes. How often is that like the press to pass or the push to pass on it, the it, Indy car? They it, have so many times they could use it. No, it's it's the equivalent of it. It gives you an advantage, but you can only use the DRS in the DRS zones, of which there were three in this race, and only when you are within uh, a second uh, of the car in front of you. So the point is, oh. you have to you have to basically use your regular wing to get up there, but then it, it's basically it, it, it was a device, I don't like it, it was a, it was a device devised um, to create more passing, but now, hopefully, uh, we can, as, as we continue to develop towards 2021, hopefully we can get rid of DRS, and then the, the design of the cars with the higher wings at the back and with the less um, aerodynamically perfect front wing will create a situation and I think it did a little bit today where we see more overtaking but the DRS is for that purpose. And you, and you don't like it because it's kind of gimmicky. Well I don't like it but yeah because it just says well once I'm close enough then I'm you can't stop me passing you because oh, I'm just on. way faster. Yeah. Gimmicky true. is our uh, high school popularity contest taking place over uh-huh. in Formula E. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah, Formula E. <laughs> well what'd what do you think Michael? Did uh, would you enjoy the race? I did. I, I uh, kind of uh, took a loss with uh, Raikkonen, or not Raikkonen, but Ricardo falling out. Yeah. Uh, but it's still early in the season. Uh, but I will tell you, um, it was. Uh, uh, I saw half of it. The other half I was listening to on the radio on the way home from 
long work. Um, the uh, Lance Stoll uh, really impressed. Uh, I think he's uh, kind of got that uh, that block off the off his back um, to uh, to move forward with the new team. And uh, did you notice there were like four cars uh, pretty closely together uh, that were in the top ten coming in to the finish? I thought we were going to have a, a pretty close Monza 1971 finish at that time. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. Hey, you yeah. you obviously know your stuff. You know, I agree with you on Stroll, and I'll I'll admit it right here. When when Dad bought the team, I was like, that's a really good businessman, and if his son doesn't pluck up and get better, he's going to fire his own son because Formula One is that kind of game, and Lawrence Stroll didn't make his millions by being a bad businessman. So I think uh, you're right. I think he 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 absolutely plastered uh, Perez uh, today. Oh yeah, Perez was 13th. So that's a yeah. I, I'm glad you spotted that because that is a big victory for Stroll. Uh, first time in the car or first time with the team uh, because the team hasn't changed. It's literally the only two new people, Lawrence and uh, and his son. So uh, Lance did a really good job there. And, you know, fly that Canadian flag. Because I almost look at that as a second American team because the, the, the guy that runs the team is American and obviously uh, the Strolls are, are Canadian. So there's quite a quite a big North American influence there. Oh, yeah. And, you know, speaking of American drivers, uh, I, I, I would say that probably by the end of the year, you could see maybe a, a New Garden or even a uh, uh, Alec, Alexander Rossi maybe just getting a one-off drive, somewhat like the '70s had with uh, you know Revson and and some of the other uh, Americans longer uh, jumping in and, and and just getting a shot, maybe even at Austin or a selected race that's off season. And quite frankly, I think if New Garden wins the Indy 500, I think Penske probably wouldn't stand in his way to uh, allow him to move to Formula One for a couple of years. I think it would be a good standing there. Jonathan, you said but, that last year. You said yeah, New no. Garden. Yeah. You know, if well, anybody. I think New Garden's the most obvious. I, I, I you know, honestly, I, I don't know if I would agree. I would, I, I would think that, I mean, put it this way. We all know we need an American um, to, to sort of get this thing really going here in the States. And I do think that there's a lot of people who understand that. Um, I would tell you to watch out for Juan Manuel Carrera uh, and Logan Sargent driving for Carlin this year in the FIA F3 so GP3 of old um, but he's both Americans yeah both Americans yeah. and both uh, you know Logan Sargent especially in his karting days was brilliant and I think you're going to find find that this guy could be uh, the next big hope I, I, I totally agree <laughs> and I think that if once we get uh, some more American press uh, or, or more press about Americans except you know we seem to have it in autosport and in some of the foreign uh, papers and magazines but I think that um, I think you're you're totally right, and I think that the Formula Three and Formula Four series here in the state uh, lends uh, an op uh, an option for Americans uh, step up. Yeah, I'm going to be doing a couple of uh, F3 and F4 races myself this year, and I'm looking forward to that. Those FIA scoring points means that they get points towards their super license here in the states, and that hasn't happened, um, you know, in the last few years uh, until the last couple of years. So yeah, people like Kyle Kirkwood uh, and, and many Cameron Das are all scoring FIA points now. Um, towards super license, and that's the key. Um, so yeah, okay. you're you're spot on. And you know what? I, I really, as you as you mentioned, I think uh, American has to go to Europe. Can't wait for an invite. Be invited to the to the circus. No, you're absolutely right. The Formula One circus, and you have to go over there. But you also have to promote it. Um, USA Today should get a report how those how Logan's doing yeah. here in states. Uh, like a, a Sunday a Monday morning report. Hey, this is where I finished at Brands Hatch or wherever the races were. Darn it, um, 
Michael, you've given me an idea. I think I'll call USA Today and offer up a report. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Hey, hey, I'll let you guys go. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and thank you, and I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. All right, thanks Stay for tuned. listening, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. All right, we got another caller. We got, uh, we got Andy P. calling back in from Chicago area. Andy, how's it going, buddy? Good, good. What would you um, think, man? What'd you, what about the race? The, very interesting. It was very much kind of very Valtteri Botas type of race, don't you think, at least from the front? Yeah, no I kidding. Mean, just kind of smooth as silk type type of deal. Just some, some some observations on kind of the whole weekend. Boy, this year the the, the margins are really razor thin. Yeah. Um, you got to nail your qualifying on Saturday to get in position. And you also got to nail the race strategy. You make the wrong tire call or something, especially in the mid-pack. I mean, you can drop anywhere, like I said, 7th to, to 18th really, really fast. Not you're not careful. Um, second one, you know, sadly it was frustrating to see the Gremlins come up again for Haas. But, you know, Magnuson with a solid P6. Um, and then just kind of a question. Uh, obviously, the tires here are more are harder this year than they have been in the past. Are we? Are, did have Pirelli just resigned themselves to a one stop race? Uh, we used to see two and three stoppers. Just seems that that seems to be going away. And is, do you guys think that's good or bad? They've mm. simplified uh, the tires for sure. They've made it uh, basically a hard, medium, and a, and a soft. Uh, so yeah, I think, and I think that's a really good thing. Um, but I don't think that necessarily you'll you'll always see the strategy like today. I think Australia is one of those places where, like you saw with, with some of the guys like Kubica, for example, going out on a hard tyre, that hard tyre should last the whole race, but it won't be that fast. So I think when we come to other tracks, you might see, you know, people doing three or two. It could be, you know, you can, it'll, I like the idea because I think there'll be some people who will go literally like Kubica did, coming in after two laps and swapping and then uh, trying to go the whole way without it and just doing a strategy that way. But yeah, but here's also Andy was saying Pirelli's making those choices, but this is Liberty directing yes, yeah, Pirelli yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah, say yeah. this is the way we want the races. This is the way we want you to build these tires. Sure. So it's yeah, a, yeah it's a it's a sort of think well, tank. Yeah, and they can build whatever recipe they want. But to be honest, I'd rather see more pit stops in every race. Okay. Just I it agree. adds to the strategy. It adds to the complexity of the race. Yeah, the excitement, the possibilities of what can happen. I mean, possibilities of get Haas. Yeah. Put hey, a nut on backwards. I'm personally with Wes on that one. I mean, I, right. I, I you used to have the two and three stoppers, and then I used to think that that used to really, you have to execute. You're going to have to execute anyway around the one stop, but if you mess that up, you're done. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Hey, Andy, on any of your eight screens, does Grosjean's wheel get actually get on pro- pro- properly? <laughs> I didn't see it. I mean, it took him about, what, five seconds to get on, and 15 minutes later, expansion broke. Man, yeah. if it wasn't for bad luck, oh, God. You know, I just wonder if it was mental, because those guys had to have so much pressure pressure remembering last year they're going i gotta get this right i gotta get this right oh damn it i didn't get it right (laughs) well but you know when we saw uh, we saw a quick little replay and you see the left wheel slide out slightly and you see the brake components sticking out from under the wheel just for a flash there so i wonder if there wasn't something you know on the spindle or something in there that was giving and that might have been what was originally the problem with the wheel getting back on so i'm I'm anxious to hear if they'll go into more more depth around that mm-hmm. failure. Yeah, it'd be worth looking at. What else? Is there anything at, through the whole grid that you were surprised at? Gasly being out of the point yeah, is my point. biggest surprise. I mean, and that came back to, again, a strategy call. They yeah. brought him in. They kept him out a little longer than I would have thought. They brought him in. He gets stuck behind, ironically, 
you know, the, the Toro Rosso, mm. same Honda Power, and couldn't really overtake. But I think that was more a characteristic of a circuit more than anything, you know, not necessarily a lack of power on Red Bull's part. But um, so that was kind of surprising. All right, um, let me ask you another question. Are Honda back? I think they're in the mix. They de- It definitely sounds better. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, and I think they finally got, I mean, this would have been four years. That's usually what it seems that the most manufacturers in this type of formula, yeah. which I'm not the biggest fan of these super complex complex engines. I mean, give me the V12s and have it scream again. And yeah, I'm no right kidding. Back, right back there. But I get it. This is the way everyone wants to go. So um, I, I wish them well. I hope they do really, really good. And then they can be back and, and contending because we need a third team in there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm with well, Andy. Let's yeah. do a 12 cylinder, about a 1.6 12 cylinder with the, all the. Uh, yeah, I want people downtown Austin you know, to think, hear. Let's think about this, guys, because, you know, we've been evolving, going, going, going towards more hybrid, more electric following the market pretty soon maybe we start going the other way and going back more and more retro and getting really highly sophisticated internal combustion because they're going to go away on the street so maybe they yep. they, they get more sophisticated and we stretch do all- out a lifespan here big yeah. wheels and big noise yeah all right guys we have to take would, a break i but- would personally love it yeah because f1 should resonate in your gut yeah, yeah great ah, there all right andy go, thanks andy. for calling in again buddy we appreciate it thanks for listening all right you guys have a good one all right thanks, thanks, all right we got to go ahead and take a break listen to speed city we're live in austin back after these messages. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 1370.
Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. I want to talk now about a new American sponsor in Formula One. And a new sponsor of Speed City, and that's Himalaya. And, yeah. And Himalaya, oh. their website is Drive Himalaya. And when you go there, you are going to flip when you see <laughs> it. When you see the vehicles that these guys build. They and, are crazy, incredibly cool. Okay, you know, the, the only thing I can really relate this to without you looking at these images, Think Land Rovers, the classic, awesome, you know, British Land <laughs> British Land Rovers, you know, all, all the uh, all the cool vehicles there. Think of like Singer is to Porsche. Good. That is a great analogy because what these guys do, they have, they take the Defenders, the classic Land Rover Defender, oh, yeah. the Defender 90s and the 110s, and they go to the nth degree like you wouldn't believe. Every, Formula One. Yeah. That's de- a detail. That, that is a great example because the detail that Formula One goes into. These guys literally go that far. When you start looking at every nut and bolt and every choice of every vendor down to the fabric, down to the texture of the metals, the fat, you know, everything, every single detail. And then, of course, they modernize the drivetrains. It's not just a restoration, though. No, no, no. Yeah, they modernize the drivetrains. A lot of uh, GMLS-based, you know, the, the Corvette style and uh, and the, high, the, the transmissions. These guys are doing the full 8 and 10 speed transmissions. So you take the like, Defender 90 is a great example because oh that was such Defender a cool 90 around. Yeah. is is one of the most amazing off-road vehicles ever made but when you drive that on the road an original oh, yeah. they are they are a, not a great road vehicle but these guys turn those into an amazing road vehicle but of course maintain the incredible off-road well I'll say I mean yeah some of the some of the things that people didn't like about the Defender was the suspension in the frame and all these kind of things well th- that's all starts fresh so with you, a new frame you guys all talk technical. It's British born and when restored, beautifully. And then in- American <laughs> corrected. Like myself. American improved and corrected. How's that? Exactly. All right. Exactly. I'll take that. But it and it is. I mean, you can and stay. That's exactly what it is. You can stay true to the uh, the Land Rover powertrain, or you can uh, bring in some American muscle. Yeah. Uh, that, that, I'm looking on the website now. It's or even abs- diesel torque. You got to take a look at something. Yeah, Go to their Instagram. Too. Instagram yeah. Himalaya. Uh, drive Himalaya. It's uh, it's just really impressive. Of some of the pictures on there. I yeah. mean, well, we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot more from these guys, and we're gonna talk I want a lot that more. Four door pickup. We're, we're gonna get to drive some look of these bad that. boys too. So that's gonna be the fun. So sorry guys, I know so I just said out. look at it. DriveHimalaya.com. Yeah, that's it. All right, guys, let's talk some more about the race. Um, I don't know. So we talked all about Mercedes and Ferrari and and Haas with their bad luck, but uh, what? Let's let's go down the grid a little bit. I mean, Alfa Romeo uh, looking pretty good actually. Yeah, they were the. Uh, yeah, really the, the first to take the the planned pit stop, uh, even though that was at, at thirteen and so lap thirteen, and so from then on they they ran well. I mean, I, I was pleased to see that. Kimi Raikkonen finishing eighth. I was about to say, yeah, you know, let's not take anything away. I mean, it's funny. Um, Charles Leclerc had some good runs last year, but if Alfa Romeo can consistently run in the top ten, that's a huge jump for the old Sauber team. Yeah, and it just shows, as we we expected, that that the this sort of emergence of Alfa Alfa Romeo as a Another junior team with Haas to Ferrari um, is 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 something to be reckoned with. All righty. So you remember last year Hulkenberg and Magnussen had their love affair. <laughs> yeah, it's continued. <laughs> Apparently, it's continuing. Yeah, I uh, that rivalry is strong, and uh, 
Magnuson pushes Hulkenberg off into the grass again. I am just, uh, you know, he, we're he, probably going to have to wait. Does to, not like Magnuson. We're probably going to yeah. have to wait till next year's uh, Netflix documentary about this season to find out if he still holds that <laughs> most unsportsmanlike conduct award that Hulkenberg presented. So, hey, uh, listen, if you know anything about the Magnusons, they they don't race to to you know they're tough. Oh they're yeah, Danes. Well, <laughs> during the race, Magnuson, who was it was about to pass him, um, and he was like, no. You're not. Oh, was it Hulkenberg? Hulkenberg. It was. Yeah, it, was, well, it, was. Hulkenberg, it was Hulkenberg. Yeah. yeah. And Magnuson was like, uh-uh, you're not coming around me. Not again. Not again. Yeah. There not were a lot of things. I mean, you know, but speaking of uh, speaking of Haas, Grosjean, that botched pit stop at uh, lap 15, the left front wheel again, six spots that cost him yeah. in just that short a time. That is how tight that midfield is this year. And I, I just, I'm just thinking, throw in another pit stop or two into the race. That is going to raise the excitement so much because something that quick cost him six spots in this. And you know, somebody else is going to make a mistake. You know, a little slight, little gliding off course, whatever it is, you know. I think uh, I think that tire strategy hey, Speaking of Magnuson, driving, you talk about, you know, the the way he drives. I think he intimidated Giovinazzi for that pass. Sure. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like the way he came came at him, I think that, that Magnuson's style made that an easy pass. And I also want to point out, you know, when you looked at at the results, um, Haas were the midfield winners because the only people in front of them, Red Bull, Ferrari, and Mercedes. And, and Best that, of the rest. Yeah, so there's no question that uh, they won that battle. Hulkenberg um, finishing behind with Renault, uh, then Alfa Romeo, and then uh, point, uh, you know, racing point uh, Mercedes. So um, if that's the battle, uh, first, first, first advantage goes to Haas. Okay, but wait a minute. Giovinazzi, early on in the race, I think it was like lap 26, 28, somewhere through there, had a 27 second pit duration and that was because he had a screwed up left tire change yeah and so he wouldn't even been back there in the pack if he was four seconds on if he was on cue with the 23 second pit lane duration he wouldn't have been back there so taking that into account and i think they will be much more uh, effective in correcting this front left wheel problem Mm -hmm. i uh he may not even been back there to wrestle with okay so we talked a lot about mclaren lando norris doing good but they also had a fire carlos signs and that was a pretty scary fire, actually. Yeah, that doesn't bode well. Uh, I don't know what, obviously, we, we won't know what went wrong with that yet. But uh, yeah, that's not what you want to see. And it's not what Renault want to see. And uh, if you remember, the you know, that was one of the complaints was reliability uh, yeah. with, with, with Renault. Renault. Yeah, well, that that was uh, lap 11. And the suspicion, as uh, as we heard from Zach Brown, was it's a MGUK failure. And so we've seen that create fires in the past. Uh, quite honestly, I'm kind of surprised it's still happening and that they haven't somehow captured uh, everything that generates that fire situation. Yeah, it's int- yeah, it, it is interesting. Okay, so what about Daniel Kvyat back in the one? I actually think he did a good job. He made a mistake at turn three and went, ran onto the grass, but that was because he was attempting an overtake. Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, and that was against Stroll. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, to be honest, you know, again, jury will be out on Daniel. He, he's he's the luckiest man in Formula One. No, no, nobody gets a second or third chance. Uh, at the bite of the cherry and he is getting just that um, it is it is his third chance in Formula 1 effectively um, I mean he was on he was with Ferrari last year as a sort of um, 
test driver or whatever reserve. But um, yep, he's back in a car and he's got a full drive with Toro Rosso. Um, this is it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, when you talk about people coming back and Toro Rosso, I got to think Brandon Hartley. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I'm curious kind of how he is playing in the background of Ferrari right now. Yeah, he's on the simulator. He's got a contract to work with Ferrari all year doing simulator work. He did that, of course, when he first started out with Mercedes. Um, and I actually think he'll be a valuable tool to Ferrari uh, in that role. I hope to get him on the show, actually. I'm, I'm, I've put in some... Uh, yeah, some... but we can get him on the show. Yeah. He's, he's been on a few times. He was racing today, Sebring. Yeah, it's Sebring. Well, so, you know, we were super excited when somebody besides Hamilton wins. Botas has a great race. It was a really good race. But, but it was an emphatic win. Yeah, That's why. It was. Oh, it the, was. The gap to Ferrari. Yeah. 34 yeah. seconds at one point. Yeah. But at the end of the day, here we are, Mercedes, Mercedes, <laughs> Ferrari, Ferrari. So, I mean, I say Ferrari, Ferrari was stepping in there, but still, I, I you know, I, I want I want somebody besides Mercedes to win, win something. So, there's that negative. That's the only negative I can come up with. Well, I, yeah. I, I saw enough jug, juggling going on amongst everybody else, uh, and they better figure out what Hamilton's situation was. Yeah, it's a strange one, and I I, I hope I, I you know stay tuned to your press and where you find your your news because I think um, that story will start to evolve, and the journalists will be on that tonight. Um, and uh, I I would have thought by the time we get to Bahrain, um, we'll have a different story. And of course, that's such a different place to go, different track. I mean, the track's coming up, Bahrain, China. I, You know, honestly, I keep saying it, wait till we get back to Spain and then we'll make a judgment. I was just looking at some of the photos and inter- I was thinking about the interviews with Botas. I like him because he's kind of goofy and nerdy. And yeah. and, and on the podium, uh, Mark Weber asked him, he said, what did you have for bre- breakfast? And he said, I had porridge. Like, no, no, no. What did you put in it? <laughs> yeah, but he's just he's just so goofy. I like that. I yeah, like it. he's I, goofy in a good way. Yeah, he's he's very humble. I, I That's I, what I mean. He, yeah, he, he is. is who he is and I like that. He's just a goofy, super fast race driver. Exactly. He's a typ- not a typical Finn. He's, he's I don't know, he's like a lot of rally drivers I've met, you know? They're either really quirky, the Finns, or they're very quiet and, and unassuming and really calm and nice. And, uh, you know, uh, and both is good. I mean, Raikkonen obviously is the quirky. <laughs> yeah. Mika was definitely the quirky. Uh, Hagenen, that is. Um, and um, Botas is sort of between the two. All right, well, let's go and take another quick break and uh, we're going to continue the discussion. Listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas, back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Sellers. And I'm Daytona. Sellers Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Sellers doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Sellers White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Sellers, Austin's original craft brewery. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370. Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, we're really excited with our next guest on the show. We got IndyCar coming to town. Some of it's already here. It's the biggest story right now in IndyCar. Yeah, IndyCar. Besides coming to COVID. We got a local boy. This guy lives in San Antonio, and Jonathan and I sat down with him and interviewed Pato Award. So let's go ahead and hear from Pato. All right, Speed City fans. Man, we are excited. One of the biggest stories in IndyCar right now. We have on the show Patricio Award. Patricio, welcome to Speed City. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for having me. Oh, excited to have you, man. Yeah, no. No question. Pato is without doubt one of the, well, he is probably the hottest property to come into IndyCar. He had a bit of a uh, a, 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 a full start, uh, shall we say, but he's back in and he'll be making his debut, which I think is appropriate. Sure. Yeah, you won the Indy Lights Championship, but to come into Sonoma like you did, was that a surprise to you or not? Um, I think it was a, su- a surprise to everybody, to be honest with you. It was even a surprise to me because... It's unheard of for a rookie um, to barely even know the car and didn't even know the track either. And um, it's just it, the series is so competitive. It's even more competitive this year. But um, it was just it's unheard of to, to see someone just jump into the car and, and strike into the fast six and qualifying and then end the race in top 10. So that was that was pretty that was really cool. I mean, I wasn't expecting it at all, but um, definitely gave everybody within the team a huge confidence boost. Yeah, that's got to be huge because you know like you said coming in as, as a rookie and you know doing as well as you did but uh well let's talk about where you are now with carlin and what you're expecting you know this weekend you're basically a home race too because you live in san antonio right yeah basically i mean it's the closest that i'm gonna have to a home race so that's really cool and um well and san antonio is only i mean it's a yeah it's, it's such a cool such a cool track and I mean, it's just, I think it's really cool that IndyCar is coming to the premier road course in, in North America because IndyCar is the premier, um, open wheel series in North America. So that's, so, you know, it meshes well together. And I think it's going to be a really, really cool event. Without going into the details, obviously we knew that you signed up for, for Harding and for whatever reason, that's, that deal went south and that left you without a drive. Uh, you must have been kind of, because it is all about timing, as you well know, in this, in this career uh and if you have to sit on the sidelines even for one race it must have been agonizing at st pete i know you did some pr work for carlin but um that must have been tough because i know you've won there before no no for sure i mean and i love racing in st pete but um i just you know i just have to get through this weekend and i'm gonna be in the car for the rest of the season so fully focused in in austin and fully focused with the new team you know they're they're a european-based team so um it's a team that is very well respected especially over there they know how to win they know the formula so it's just a matter of time when we start winning in IndyCar. So I think um, I think we're going to be opening some eyes for sure. Well, speaking of being in San Antonio, you know, not far, kind of a home race for you. You're going to have a home grandstand section. You're going to have a, a hundred fans or so up in the stands for you. That's going to be awesome. 
that's going to be awesome. I mean, <laughs> I wanted to do I wanted to do something special because it was the closest race to to home, and I've never really raced professionally in Austin. So when I heard we were coming to Dakota and, and it got decided last year, I said, you know what, this is going to be awesome. So I wanted to do something really cool. I I think that's going to be so good. You've got uh, access um, basically to turn twelve, and that's where you're going to be, which is the hardest breaking point. You've got a fantastic vista looking across to the tower and to turn thirteen. You can see the whole stadium section. So it, I think it's one of the greatest places to sit. And then, if, if that wasn't fun enough, you got to go. You got tickets to go and see Muse that night. So it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, no, for sure. And that, turn twelve is. I think it's going to be where we're going to be passing the most because it is a humongous straightaway. Yeah, yeah but what? About I, I mean, I think they're. I think the people around there or the people that have access to see that are going to be in for a treat. Yeah, and you're going to have a hundred of your fans. You're, you're going to look like the home home driver there, man. That's going to be cool. And and I'm excited for you guys to have that. But well. I'll talk about yeah go ahead john patty you've got um let me talk about the, the the year and the decision because obviously that's the big news story of in fact it's the big news story of indy at the moment which is where is the indy lights champion going to end up you've ended up with carlin you're basically going to share the car with charlie kimball he was on the show last week uh, i think that's a great guy to hang out with uh, and learn from obviously max chilton likewise um has got bags of experience from formula one and now working with carlin for many years but i think the really cool part of the story is that you're going to be at the Indy 500, probably the only Spanish speaker next to Fernando Alonso who can help Fernando get get a get a, get on uh, on the pace with Carlin. No, that's going to be really cool. And I think, I mean, I'm definitely going to be picking his brain a lot because he, I mean, he knows more around his little finger than I do <laughs> in my whole brain. You know, he has so much, so much uh, experience, and you you can't buy that. So um, he's definitely someone that I'm going to be looking forward to working with, and um, and I'm excited. I mean, Charlie. Charlie's been in the sport for a while. Max, obviously, you know, he was in, in Formula One and now he's in, in IndyCar. But, you know, they're guys that have a lot of experience. And um, it's going to be cool. You know, Carlin, uh, like you said, you know, Charlie's doing five races and, and we're expanding to a three-car team, the races that, that Charlie is doing. So I can race them as well. So that's going to be, um, it's going to be really, really cool. And it's going to be uh, a, a lot of, a you know, a bigger team than what they're used to. I think it's so exciting for you. I, I want to talk about your career a little bit. But um, because I want the fans to know that you are—you you talk about the experience of, of Fernando, and of course, that, that, no one's going to argue with you there. But to be honest, at 19, when I look at your record and what you've done and what you've achieved—not uh, just in single seaters, but in also in sports cars—you've raced in Europe, you've raced in um, obviously in America, you've won titles in America already, Daytona, um, you know, the Rolex, all these all these sort of events, Petit Le Mans. So you've you've got a, ba- a bag of um, good experience in sports cars, and that's got to be you know very valuable. Yeah, oh, no, for sure. I mean, I, I think I've been, I think I've driven almost anything I can up to this point, and um, I have a lot of seat time in very different cars, which I feel like that's what's helped me to adapt to different cars a lot quicker. Um, and obviously, you know, they're 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 they drive differently, so I've I've kind of gone accustomed to dr- being able to drive in different ways. And you know, the Indy car is the biggest beast I've ever driven, but it <laughs> definitely everything else I've driven have definitely prepared me for it. You know. Well, you did some testing get Barber right in the new IndyCar speaking of the beast oh my god it was physical <laughs> and that and that's Barber an easy is course. that's an easy oh one. yeah and, and Barber and Barber is a super super physical Smooth. track so like I haven't been in a car in like six months and I mean I'm still my neck is still sore <laughs> well I can't tell you that code is going to be any easier my friend <laughs> oh it's going to be a blast man yeah no kidding I gotta ask you because um you know I always we're always fascinated with the young drivers coming up especially their stories because I 
I know you started in carts. Um, you, you're from Monterey. But tell me about how, if you like, the fire was ignited with you. I mean, do you have any family background in it? Um, I mean, it, it's not the... I mean, I know that Esteban uh, Gutierrez has also come out of Monterey, but it's not known necessarily, uh, you know, for... I mean, Mexico has a huge history, but, you know, we don't get too many uh, Mexicans um, coming through the ranks yeah. and coming up. How do you start in carting? So I started carting when I was six. Um, my grandpa from my mom's side gave me a little go-kart when I was three, but I couldn't really reach the pedal because I'm a pretty small person. But then when I got to six, I, I finally got, got to drive it. And, you know, I, I, I then I started racing, uh, little go-kart races there at, at the home track. And then it just escalated from there. I mean, the rest is history. And I've just, you know, gone up in, in through the classes. And then uh, 2013, 2014, I made the switch to, to big cars, um, did something in Europe, uh, they sub- then came back to the States and did Promasa for two years and did the IMSA and then did um, uh, Indy Lights, won the championship, and that's what basically catapulted me to the IndyCar series. You know, Pato, I think you're one of the most exciting stories in IndyCar right now with, like, you know, we talk about, you talk about Alonzo and all his history, but you have such a deep background that Jonathan talked about. What are you, only 19, right? So you have a huge future ahead of you. I'm, this is going to be really fun to, to watch you this weekend at, at Coda and, of course, the rest of your career. No, definitely I feel like I think I feel like I'm I've done my job and um I've learned a lot these past few years and in and, and now I feel like such a more polished piece and um I'm just excited to get going man I mean I I've I've been waiting for this for months you know since the day after Sonoma <laughs> Well you're certainly ticking off the bu- the bucket list at 19 let let me hear a little bit about uh, Race of Champions and I, I and I saw the results you beat you beat probably some of you know your your childhood heroes I saw you beat Coulthard in one race and a world rally champion rally cross champion yeah no it was awesome I, I was there representing Mexico I was with Team Mexico with uh, what's it called with, so in the Nations Cup I was with Esteban yep and we, we got third and then uh, the individual one it was so fun man it was it's been one of the most fun events I've ever done in my life because it's so <laughs> different to what we're used to and I got to um, I got to drive with with Vettel with with Schumacher with um, with Col- against Colton like against so many good people and um i was so close to make it to the final i made it to to, to semi-finals um and um i was so bummed because one of the one of the the car the car that i got when you're coming out of the start uh we were just using two gears but going from first to second the transmission clocked and that's where i lost <laughs> all all of it and i was so bummed because i knew i could have made it there uh potentially um you know challenged for the win but it was such a blast and um and i, I want to go again because it was definitely some of the best times I've ever had in, in, in um, sort of race weekends. Yeah, what were those little cars? Were they, were they a KTM or something? It was a weird little car. I don't yeah, it was like a Mexican. Uh, so my favorite was the Mexican built one. It's called the Bull, B-U-H-L. And then <laughs> the KTM Expo, uh, Ariel Adam. Oh, yeah. They had some okay. like funny, <clears throat> funny UTVs, super slow. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, and then the Rally Cross. That was really cool. I A big achievement that I did that I feel pretty good about myself is that I, I got to race against the two-time rallycross champion in Europe, and um, and I beat him in the individual event. So that is what um, got 
me to move over to the semifinals. So that was really cool. So, yeah, Christopher said he beat the world champion <laughs> from World Rallycross. It's, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, in the, in the, yeah it, in the, it's so much fun, man. I mean, that car, it had so much grip. You can just throw it around, and the noise was – I think the noise was the coolest of all of every single car that we drove. So I had a blast driving that thing. So Well, man, I want yeah. you to bring as many people as you can from San Antonio up to little old Elroy, and let's have a party. Let's have a Mexican party, and let's get going. You are our local man. This yeah. is great. Oh, yeah. Let, let's do it, man. I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Well, Pato Award, thank you for coming on the show. We're so excited to have a local driver from San Antonio. We're going to be rooting for you guys in, stand, in Grandstand 12 section. And- uh, yeah, 12, uh, section 12, or, or, or turn 12. Turn 12, yeah. That's where the if, you, if you're a Mexican fan and you want to join uh, one of our own, one of San Antonio's own and one of Mexico's own, come and down to turn 12. And Pato, just for just for sake, tell us your number and your social media so that fans can find you. So the number still pending on that. We should be announcing very soon. Twenty uh-huh. seven. Um, and what? What number do you want? <laughs> what number do I want? Yeah, you'll see. Okay, <laughs> I like it. So gonna so we're going to be announcing that soon. And um, and all my so you guys can follow me in Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all Patricio Award all okay. together. Okay, great. Enough. All right. Racing for Carling Motorsport. Uh, what a great opportunity. Thank you so much, Pat. I appreciate it. Thanks, Pat. We'll, we'll see you when you get here to Austin. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for having me. I love this kid. I'm excited that we got somebody. It's Patrick's right. Day. Just, Perfect. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Mexican-Irish. What a combo. All, All right. right. Well, I just love it. There's going to be a Texan on the grid. Yep. All right. Well, hey, thanks, true. thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Speed City. We'll talk to you guys next week. Travel safe, y'all. Ciao. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.